Welcome to the Hope United Podcast, where we're creating a culture of worship, family, and discipleship. We hope this message challenges, inspires, and gives you hope today. If you like this podcast, remember to share and subscribe. Well, this week, I wanted to shift our attention a little bit because we've been talking about the importance of the way that we talk in general, the way that we talk to ourselves. And I want to shift our attention to the way that we specifically talk about others. Let's pray. God, we thank you for this opportunity to be in your house, to hear your word, to exalt your name. God, and to just come together. Lord, we honor you for that. And we pray that as we listen today, God, that we would hear what your spirit is saying to us. God, touch our hearts. Let us be fertile ground that as you begin to speak, Lord, these words would take deep root and just bring forth a beautiful harvest. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, we all are a part of this current world where we see now that people are very comfortable sharing whatever's on their mind behind a device, behind a screen, um, saying things unfiltered, saying things without regard for the repercussions of what is being said, sharing opinions, being critical. Uh, So we're all aware that this exists, and it's important for us to remember that what we say matters. What we say carries great weight, and it's important to speak positively, not only of ourselves, but about others. Are we using the same standard of building ourselves up with others? Are we trying to build people up? Are we being intentional with that? It's important to understand these three categories that our words can fall into. The first one I want to say is gossip. Gossip. Casual or unconstrained conversation or reports about other people, typically involving details that are not confirmed as being true. I like to think of this as if somebody's not present and I'm talking about them, then I already just categorize it as gossip. If if they're not there to confirm what I'm saying. And so it's important for us to be careful because we can sometimes fall into this category. The other one is slander to make false and damaging statements about someone. We've heard about that. We've seen celebrities, people suing each other, all that kind of thing. Edification now. Edification is the act of edifying, meaning to instruct and improve morally and spiritually. See the difference there? And I think we can all testify to a moment where somebody has said something about us and we heard about it and how it felt hurtful and it made us feel bad versus when someone says something positive to us or we hear that somebody said something positively about us, how much that lifts your spirit and makes you feel good. Let's go to James 4.11. James 4.11 says, Don't speak evil against each other, dear brothers and sisters. If you criticize and judge each other, then you're criticizing and judging God's law. But your job is to obey the law, not to judge whether it applies to you. God alone, who gave the law, is the judge. He alone has the power to save or to destroy. So, what right do you have to judge your neighbor? This sounds very straightforward, but I'm sure everybody in the room can attest to the fact that sometimes we can fall into saying something or criticizing somebody else, and we're like, oh, it's no big deal. It's something small, you know. But it's important for us to remember when we criticize And when we talk or judge other people, we're in direct, just like this word says, opposition to God's word or law. He's instructed us. It's very black and white. Don't 
speak evil about others. God's law actually prohibits slander and demands love for our neighbor. That's a hard one. It prohibits slander and demands love. So the way that God loves is it's unconditional. And if we're trying to be like him, we have to be at a place where we can see something, we can see a fault, but we choose not to engage our words in a way that will bring somebody down. Um, Have you ever heard somebody say, oh, I love so-and-so, but, and then they continue and say other things? Like, these are things we hear all the time, and we don't acknowledge it as the wrong thing. You know, we we justify, oh, well, we're saying something that we, we love them, but then we add on these other things that we're not supposed to. And I think it comes down to a condition of the heart of understanding, like when we're trying to walk in righteousness, these little basic things, like we're trying to keep them in line. We're trying to get rid of the stuff that gets in and begins to muddy up what God is wanting to do. Um, Proverbs ten eighteen says, hiding hatred makes you a liar slandering others makes you a fool. Now, I do want to say this, that as I was studying for this, slander is interchanged with gossip throughout. So I know that they might sound different, but in the word, in different translations, it was like gossip, slander, gossip, slander. And it's mentioned so often. Um, And the reason that this is important here is where it's saying you conceal something in your heart like hatred. It begins to come out because out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks right so when you begin to harbor something like hate or contempt for somebody it will seep out no matter what some people are great at the poker face but there's no hiding what's in your heart Um, and you begin to talk negatively about somebody you begin to give little darts or daggers as I call them verbal daggers And it's important for us to be honest with ourselves. Your words will be an overflow of what's in your heart towards people. Your words will be an overflow of what's in your heart towards people. Have you ever heard someone who just seems so impatient with people? They they don't have time for people. People are too complicated for them. They just like me, myself, and I, and I like my own zone. That is a revealer of where somebody's heart is. And so this is something we have to constantly place before the Lord and say, God, let my heart be in the right place so that my words can be right. Right? Let the meditations and, 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 you know, the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in thy sight. Let's go to Matthew 12, 34. For whatever is in your heart determines what you say. A good person produces good things from the treasury of a good heart. And an evil person produces evil things from the treasury of an evil heart. And I tell you this, you must give an account on judgment day for every idle word you speak. The words you say will either acquit you or condemn you. I think we forget this scripture sometimes because this is actually going to happen. There is a day of reckoning. There is a day just like when you call a kid to accountability or say, you come here, we're going to talk. And the kid's like, oh, man. We're going to come before the Lord, and he's going to ask us to give an account for every single word that we've spoken. The ones where we've built people up, and the ones where we've torn people down. And it's important for us to remember every word matters. Don't waste your words. Like, make your words count. Be intentional with your words. They build things. They deconstruct things. So, ask yourself, 
how am I using my words? And whenever you see slander, it's always attributed with evil. I don't know if you guys have caught that so far with the scriptures. So that's how big of a deal it is to God because it's divisive. It's so divisive um, and it's destructive. Mark seven twenty, And then he added, it's what comes from inside that defiles you. For from within, out of a person's heart, come evil thoughts, sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, greed, wickedness, deceit, lustful desires, envy, slander, pride, and foolishness. So again, this is being grouped with some pretty serious things. All these vile things come from within. They are what defile you. So this was important to Jesus to communicate. This is something that will defile you. If you have your heart in a place where you feel that you can strip somebody down or use your words, even in the slightest way negative about other people, you're moving in the wrong direction. So I did a word study on this specific word, slander, and Minister Candy, you were dipping your foot in my sermon today. Slander in Hebrew is to accuse. It's to accuse. There's only one being that I know, that his name is the father of lies and the accuser. And we have to know this is his strategy amongst the people of God is to get us to be little accusers, to begin to talk about each other, to begin to look for critical things and find fault and be divisive amongst the body because we cannot be effective if we're divided. So we have to be aware of his strategy and stop dividing the camp. So this is the next place that I want to take us to. In order for us to really turn our hearts a specific way with this, we have to understand how God feels about it. In Proverbs six sixteen, it says, there are six things the Lord hates. Hates, that's a strong word. Seven that are detestable to him. Haughty eyes, a lying tongue, which is number two. Hands that shed innocent blood. A heart that devises wicked schemes, feet that are quick to rush into evil, a false witness who pours out lies, and a person who stirs up conflict in the community. In some translations, it says, uh, sowing discord of strife in family. So we have our own families, and we're also in the family of God. So somebody who, either way, whichever way you look at it, if you're sowing discord, if you're by your words and saying things or saying things that aren't true or not having facts together or not trying to be in unity, then we're doing the wrong thing. We all know that no family is perfect, but we need to submit our hearts or submit our words to the Lord and say, God, let everything that I say Be done from a place of love. But you cannot if your heart isn't rooted in love towards people. If you don't have compassion. So what are we harboring in our hearts? Do we allow our experiences? Because we will face things that are hurtful. Some of you already have been through that. People have said things about you. People have said things to you that have been very hurtful and feel like they were damaging but do you allow that to poison your words, poison what the condition of your heart? 
we can use destructive words or constructive. We have to choose to discipline our tongue, not to speak ill of others. And your words have the power to set people on a path. Let's take it down to a child. When somebody tells a child, you're a nobody, you are so dumb, you'll never make it. Sure, we hear some stories of people that strive and somehow they come out on the other side, but there's a lot that came that they had to go through to get there. It sets people on a path. As an adult, you can set somebody on a path with a word that you say. When I had first married Pastor Joshua, I remember I was in this casual conversation with somebody. Actually, I don't think we were married. I think we may have been engaged. And the person said, this is like, no lie, no cap. Uh, They said, no no offense, but you're marrying up. And in the moment, you know, I try to have like the benefit of the doubt, like give somebody like, maybe that's not what they meant to say. But, you know, as I, as time went by, that thing sent me on a path of questioning who I was, what I brought to the family, and just my identity. And I'm, I can say this now, I'm thankful for the journey that I went on, because I believe what the enemy intends for evil, God will turn it for my good. But it was hurtful. It was hurtful that nobody saw, that person didn't see me for who God created me to be. And I was thankful that I married somebody who was ready and said, you're running with me. We are um, equally yoked. And, and so, you know, I, I just held on to God and the things that people would say that were positive. And I said, God, I'm, I, I know that you're doing something in me. Now, I want to show you a contrast. Years later... Someone came through, a very powerful prophetic voice, and they grabbed me on the side, like, by myself, and they said, you have no idea who you are. Like, God has placed so much in you, and you don't, you you can't even, like, see it yet. And what that did for me was a complete opposite of what the other word did. Now, I know some people might say, oh, well, you know, I'm thick-skinned, I don't let what people say, but this is... I want you to get this point. It matters what you say. Whether somebody has thick skin or not, you have a responsibility over the words that you're saying and to be edifying people with your words. I do not want to come before the Lord and he said, you sent somebody on some crazy trail because you used the wrong words at the wrong time. So when we talk, when we say things to people, we have to get out of our flesh. I know we're fleshly beings, but when we submit our lives to him, God begins to speak to you. And I'm thankful that over the years, there's more clarity now than there was before. As you continue to practice, as you continue to walk in it, God shows you what to say. So we have to speak honorable words. When we when we build people up, we're building God's kingdom because that's what he, it's a function that he gave us. So Pastor Joe, 
powerful woman of God. She came through here, actually at the Cooper City campus, and I remember a sermon that she gave where she said, uh, she was speaking on when we talk to other people harshly, and she had an illustration of them with a crown and a robe, and she said, when we start to speak ugly to somebody, it's like we're stripping them, and she would grab the, the crown and grab the robe off, and she we're stripping them of their honor. And when we can look at other people, even in their fault, even in when they've wounded us, even when they've said things that are wrong, and look at them just like, I was just talking to Pastor Joshua about this yesterday, how moved I am when I remember how Jesus treated the prodigal son. I mean, I'm sorry, not Jesus. How the father treated the prodigal son that he had. It's such a parallel. God always welcomes us back. God always has a heart for restoration. But we forget that and we just get caught up in our own feelings and we begin to build walls. We begin to, you know, put ourselves in a fortress. We begin to then say things that are sharp. But when somebody that has hurt us or somebody that has done something against us or maybe not or maybe we're just hurt by life and now we have become protective with other people that didn't do anything they're innocent bystanders when we begin to talk negatively about people you begin to strip them of their honor and God wants us to honor one another parents be careful with how you speak to your children it's so critical you have a responsibility and a call to build your children up in the kingdom And the same thing I would say to everybody that's here, you have parents. Be careful how you talk about them when they're there, how you talk to them. And I know these things sound very basic, but let me show you this next scripture. We have to come and make this decision. 1 Peter 2.1. So get rid of all evil behavior. Be done with all deceit, hypocrisy, jealousy, all unkind speech. Like newborn babies, you must crave spiritual milk so that you will grow into a full experience of salvation. Cry out for the nourishment now that you've had a taste of the Lord's kindness. This wasn't to baby Christians, baby believers. This was to mature people saying, always go back to the basics. Go back to the foundational things that sometimes we think we've got that. We've got that under our belt. But these are the little things, just like the little foxes that spoil the vineyard. These are the small things that can infiltrate and get you like talking all holy and seeming like you're holy on the outside. But yet you're doing a disservice. You're doing something that God considers evil. David said it like this. Psalm 101.5. I will not tolerate people who slander their neighbors. I will not endure conceit and pride. I will search for faithful people to be my companions. So that's assessing, that's making a decision and saying, I'm not going to participate. I'm not going to have fellowship with people that are like this. I'm going to search out faithful, godly people that are going to run with me. Take a look at who you're surrounded with and take a look at the conversations that you entertain. I I believe simple prayers go a long way. Asking God a simple prayer like, God, clean my mouth, clean my thoughts, cleanse what I say. Let my words be good words. Let them be led by you. Take a heart check. See where your heart is at. Do you have contempt for people? Do you have a wound that needs to be dealt with? God, expose these things. Show me where I need to be restored. 
Help me to see people the way that you see them, not like an inconvenience, not like they're taking something from me, but God, let me see people with love. And then, you know, we repent. We repent for the things that we've done before. I repent for speaking negatively. I repent for not allowing you to be the voice through me. And accept a responsibility and move forward by choosing to use your words to edify. I'll leave you with this scripture. Isaiah 6, 5, where he says, Woe to me, I cried, I am ruined, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips, and my eyes have seen the King, the Lord Almighty. Then one of the seraphim flew to me with a live coal in his hand, which he had taken with tongs from the altar. With it he touched my mouth, and he said, See, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away, and your sin atoned for. I believe if we really captured what the symbolism behind this, that we could say, God, we understand that we can be unclean. Cleanse my lips. Cleanse my spirit. Let me be in right standing with you. I want to I just ask you this. Not, like, just imagine if everybody got on the same page and chose to not say negative words. Can you imagine a social media world where people didn't like pull each other down and criticize and make judgments, call each other names? The beauty of what would begin to happen if God's people turned together and started focusing on what was important and building each other up. You know, I I don't believe in making people feel motivated just for the sake of being motivated. If people could catch the vision of what God is wanting to do, that's what I want to plant in your heart today. If you could catch how important your words are, not somebody else in your life who you think might be more influential, your words matter. Every single one. So today I want to give us an opportunity to give God our mouth, give God our words, and to help us, have him help us to speak the right words. Let's pray. God, I thank you for this opportunity. I thank you, Lord, for continuing to take us further in our purpose with you, continuing to take us further in the building of your kingdom, God. We know that we're here to continue to establish your kingdom. And Lord, we know you've surrounded us with people, people in our family, friends, God, those that you've placed around us in our jobs, God, in school, wherever we are. And God, I pray that today, Lord, that you would begin to show us, Lord, the areas that we need to submit and surrender to you. God, if there's anything that we've harbored in our hearts against someone where we've been hurt, God, we lay that down before your feet. And we ask you, God, make us whole, make us well. Lord, help us to have the eyes of Christ, the heart of Christ, to have compassion for those even when they're a Judas, even when they do something, God, that hurts us or betrays us, or they speak ill towards us. God, today we ask you, help us to discipline our tongue, to not speak ill of others. God, let us have the right words to say in the right seasons. Holy Spirit, we invite you to fill us, God, and help us to speak good words. I thank you, Lord, for continuing to show us the people that you want us to help edify. God, and I thank you for it. 
We honor you for this time, God. We thank you for every word that was spoken by you, Holy Spirit. We ask that it would take deep root and flourish in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks again for listening. If you like this podcast, remember to share and subscribe. For more information or to connect with us, go to hopeunited.church. And remember, if God is with you, you will be undefeated.